Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. There comes a time to rest. There comes a time for reprieve. But there comes a time when you got to man up and woman up and get your shoulders in place and say, I'm not backing down anymore, devil. I'm going to stand here. And if it costs me my life, I'm going to give you everything I got. But I refuse to go down without a fight because there is a cause that is worth dying for. God can use the prayers of his people to perform the miraculous that he needs us to do if we'll just stand up and not give up. If we'll just rear our shoulders back and get in the fight, God needs somebody simply to respond to the threats of the enemy and stand up and say enough is enough. We're coming after you and we'll not stop until we've got your head in our hands. like I have a word of encouragement from the Lord today for us and what we are going through what you are going through the burdens that you're carrying amen we are not a defeated people it's never been intended for it to be that way story after story in the Bible you can read where it looked bad but God came through and that's what's going to happen today first Samuel chapter 17 verse 22 And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. I want to stop here just momentarily and say he was saying the same thing that he'd been saying all along everybody else knew what was coming but David was hearing it for the very first time and all the men of Israel when they saw the man fled from him and were sore afraid and David spake to the men that stood by him which the Bible tells us who he was standing by. He was standing next to his brothers. He was with his family members there, his older brothers. And he said, What shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? I think David was giving a subtle reminder here to his brothers and to the men that were there on that day. Gentlemen, don't forget who we are. And don't forget who we fight for. And in whose name we serve. And his older brother Eliab heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why? Come you down hither, and with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. 
Big brother's looking at little brother saying, leave us alone. You don't have any business here. You're just here to be nosy. You're just here to see what's going on. But you're stirring up trouble that doesn't need to be stirred up. Leave us be. We're happy in our hiding places. We don't need you coming down here telling us to step out onto the battlefield. And that's when David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. In other words, what he had told his brothers and his brothers rejected him, he turned to some other of the armored uh, people there in the Israelite army, uh, army. And he told them the same thing. But they repeated what his brothers told him. And so he'd go to somebody else and tell them the same thing. Is there not a cause? Why are, why are we not going after this guy? But they kept telling him the same thing that his brothers said. We're happy in our hiding places. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, who was the king, let no man's heart fail because of him. Speaking of the giant, why are we so fearful of him? Let no man's heart fail because of that loud mouth that's over there screaming taunts against God's people. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Amen. I simply want to speak to you today the subject that I've entitled It's Time to Fight Back. Somebody hear that? It's not time for you to be hiding right now. I know it looks dark and bleak and I know the adversary looks big but it's not time for you to be hiding behind the rocks it's time for you to be standing upon the rock it's time to fight back precious savior let this word go forth today god and use it to encourage to inspire and to strengthen those that are battle-worn and battle-weary in Jesus' name. And would you say amen? amen? God bless you. You may be seated today. God bless you for standing so long. <clears throat> Hear me when I say this. I believe that there are times when the anointing of God can be transferred from someone who has the anointing but refuses to do anything with the anointing. Amen. I believe that there are times and occasions when God has his first choice. The children of Israel chose a man by the name of Saul who stood head and shoulders. It was obvious to humanity that this man would have been a great king. It was a king that they desired. It was a king that God allowed them to have. And they chose a man that seemed to fit the purpose that they chose him for. And God really didn't have much to say about it. God anointed Saul. And God had even said, I'm going to set your kingdom up forever. 
And the anointing was upon this man, for in the beginning Saul did many amazing things. He was a great leader. He was a great king. He was a great warrior. He went into battle. He was victorious time and time again. But somewhere along the way, he began to trust more in his own abilities than the anointing that had once rested upon him. And I believe that there came a time when God would have used Saul. God could have used Saul on this very day and Saul could have stepped out onto the battlefield and led the way for victory against the giant named Goliath but Saul was hidden away somewhere just as the rest of his army was hidden away somewhere and God said you know what it may not be my first choice that David be the man it may not be my first choice I, I had chosen Saul or I may have chosen one of these other men that could have stepped up to the forefront and gone out under the anointing but it took a small boy it took a young man to step forward for the anointing to be transferred from those who refused to walk in it to somebody who wasn't really qualified by the world's standards but was willing to walk in an anointing that God would transfer from one man to the next This is a classic case in my book of the wrong guy, David, becoming the right guy, becoming king of Israel because the right guy, which was the present king, Saul, refused to do anything about what was taking place in the history of Israel. It's only my opinion, but... I really don't believe for a second that David was the only person that could have defeated Goliath on that day. If you'd have taken the entire army from the general down to the very lowest of the Israelite army uh, personnel that day, you would not have even seen David because he wasn't even a part of the army yet. But because nobody would step forward, because everybody was hiding, it took a young boy to step up to the plate and said, if nobody else is willing to take on this fight, I'll stand and fight because I realize that it's time to fight back. There comes a time to rest. There comes a time for reprieve. But there comes a time when you got to man up and woman up and get your shoulders in place and say, I'm not backing down anymore, devil. I'm going to stand here and if it costs me my life, I'm going to give you everything I got. But I refuse to go down without a fight because there is a cause that is worth dying for. You know, oftentimes I think we think the Israelite army was weak and maybe it was nothing that to speak of. But the Israelite army was an unbelievable force to be reckoned with. They had warriors that were accustomed to battle and bloodshed. But the Bible tells us that in this particular case, when they saw the man that was taunting and threatening them, that something about his size and his stature and his boldness, there was something about all of that that caused them to go weak in the knees. And instead of running out with the famous Israelite battle cry and receiving a victory as God would hand another one of their foes into their laps, no, they found themselves running and hiding behind rocks every time this man would show his face. 
I believe that it's a possibility that maybe they were even enjoying some time off from the battlefield. No one was anxious to take on the giant. Understand how there are times when we can't get battle weary. Times when we can get worn down. There are times when we need a rest. Even Jesus Christ who was perfect in all of his ways he sought to get away from the crowds at times ministry is a hard thing and I'm not just talking about preaching or teaching I'm talking about being the minister in your family to your children or to your husband or to your wife or to your uh, to your co-workers it doesn't it's not just ministry when you stand behind a pulpit it's ministry when you stand on the job it's ministry when you stand in the classroom it's ministry when you go home to a family that doesn't know who Jesus Christ Christ is and in our ministry we can sometimes become weary it's not that we're giving up it's not that we're conceding the victory but sometimes it just becomes easy to sit back and hide behind a rock after all everyone else there that day was doing the same thing Nobody was blaming their brother. How come you don't go out and fight him? Because they know what they would hear. Well, why don't you? You lead the way and I'll follow you. And nobody was willing to get out there and go after the task. Nobody was willing to man up and go out onto the battlefield and fight this this foe of such great stature. Hear me. There's a point when a little bit of fear, if it's not dealt with, can turn into apathy. And I believe that it's at this point that hiding wasn't just something that they were doing to lick their wounds and to recover and to get themselves set for the next battle, but hiding had become their way of life. Nobody was planning. Hey, man, it it wasn't just a day or so ago. It had been 40 days that this man had been coming out there taunting the children of Israel, trying to get somebody to step up to the plate and come out and do warfare with him. But in 40 days' time, nobody had taken the challenge. Nobody was willing to fight. When along comes this boy, he don't have any battle scars like his brothers have. He's not comparing any, any cuts, scrapes, or bruises. He doesn't even have any armor. Probably can't even grow a good mustache or beard yet. And he's walking in there with some sack lunches, trying to find his brothers. And when he finds them, he walks over. And as he's delivering them their lunch, out comes this giant by the name of Goliath. And he begins to scream across to the children of Israel, send me a man. Send me somebody to fight. And David is hearing it for the very first time. And even though everybody else has gotten accustomed to being put in their place, everybody else has gotten accustomed to hearing the sound of his voice and just running away and hiding. David is standing there for the very first time and something inside of him rises up and he says, why are we not taking on his challenge? Is there not anybody here that's willing to go out and take this guy on? And don't you know When he was saying it, 
He was looking at his brothers. He was shaming them. Well, we all know that there are certain people that can shame us in life, but it's never our little brother. We just look at our little brother and say, would you shut up and go back home? Little brother really doesn't have a whole lot of influence. And I can see in their mind what they would be thinking. And I can understand in, in my humanity and in my flesh how they might be thinking. You don't know what's been going on. You don't know what we've been through. You, you, you don't, you've not seen him up close. You're just seeing him from across the battlefield. You don't know what he can do. What business do you have standing here telling us what we need to be doing when you're just here to deliver us lunch? And they're angry with him. But he won't shut up. He won't stop talking about it. And if his brothers ain't going to do something about it, he's going to turn to somebody else. I don't know if he worked his way up the line and started talking to the corporals and then maybe the captains and then on up to the general. Finally, word we do know got all the way to the king. And the king says, who is this kid? Bring him to me. And he brings him all the way into Saul. And he goes into Saul and tells him what's going on. And Saul looks at him. And I guess Saul says, well, if nobody else is, and I'm sure not, I guess, why not give it a try? David's just saying, how come nobody's jacked this guy's jaw? You hear what he's saying? He can't get away with that. Saying you don't know, it better be you know uh, made fun of and be alive than go out there and try to be a dead hero. David says, "Are you serving the same God that I'm serving? Do you not remember why we're here? Who we fight for? Whose banner we're holding high? We're not just some other army. You're not just some other warrior. You're a child of the living God. We serve Yahweh, and if Yahweh calls us out there." Yahweh will protect us. I come to you in the name of the Lord. Amen. I'm telling somebody today, there's a greater thing that is on your side than the enemy that is against you. Your problem may seem big, but you've got a God that is so much bigger than your problem will ever be. And it's not time for you to run and to hide behind the rocks. It's time for you to stand up and fight. Big brother alive grabbed David by the ear. Come over here, boy. You're not going to embarrass us like this. You run back home to mama. You get back home to where the sheep need you. They're probably getting scattered by now. I know why you're here in the first place. You're not here to help out anything. You're just stirring up trouble. You know, we're having enough trouble. We're down enough without you coming here making us feel worse. That's when David really dropped the hammer. Is there not a cause? You can't just sit back and let the enemy throw threats around. We're better than just to sit here and listen to him curse our God. It's time to fight back. If you looked at the list today that I have in my hand, and it could go on more extensively than that, began to ask my wife today to help me remember everything that's taken place. It really started a couple weeks ago. 
You know, we've had a couple of young people in this church being car wrecks that could have taken their lives, but they're here with us today because I believe that God's hand of protection is on them. Amen. We don't serve a God that is weak or anemic. We serve a God that is powerful enough to keep his hand upon us when a car is rolling over. Amen. When a car is headed towards a tree, when a car is headed towards an embankment, we have a God that is able to do a better job than any airbag could ever do. Amen. Than any crash bar could ever do. We have a God that at the name of Jesus in a moment's time can come in and whisk us away and keep us safe from death clinging to our sorrow. Our, our bodies. Amen. We have that kind of a God. I look at this list. I told somebody yesterday, I said, if I could split myself into five people, I could keep all five of them busy today. And there's times when you want to be everywhere at once. And reality was, I was really nowhere. I was stuck at work at FedEx. And I feel the guilt sometimes of having to take care of a a secular job when I feel like my heart wants to be by somebody's side. I want to have my hand laid upon their forehead or on their arm praying, a covering over them for recovery for their body. But I'm at work. But let me tell you one thing. I can pray at work just like I can pray beside a bedside. Amen. God can use the prayers of his people to perform the miraculous that he needs us to do if we'll just stand up and not give up if we'll just rear our shoulders back and get in the fight God needs somebody simply to respond to the threats of the enemy and stand up and say enough is enough we're coming after you and we'll not stop until we've got your head in our hands Mm. David should have never had to go out onto the battlefield now we know the story we understand today and he's a hero but he should have never had to do that job he wasn't the most qualified he wasn't the strongest he didn't have the experience he didn't have even the weaponry that would one would normally be deemed appropriate to go head to head with a giant he was simply willing to fight back Any one of those men could have walked in that anointing if if their relationship with, with God was right. David, I know, wasn't the only righteous person in that entire army. You know that there had to be people that were out there that had a relationship with God and were walking in an anointing, but they were refusing to allow the anointing to be upon them because fear had gripped their heart. And everybody else was hiding. So it was easier just to hide with everybody else than to stand up and fight. The name didn't necessarily have to be David. It could have been Douglas. Could have been Ed. Yes. Could have been Glenn. Yes. But it was David. It wasn't the job of a boy to do what the warrior should have been doing. But if the warrior won't fight, 
for the cause, and God will let the child become the champion. I simply say that to say this. I believe that there is a mighty anointing upon this church. And there are battles that must be fought. And battles that have to be won. And it is vitally important for us to walk in that anointing and be willing to stand and fight when the time comes. When the giants are standing on the other side of the battlefield screaming in rage, come out and fight. Let it never be said of this church that we were caught hiding behind the rocks because God will only allow the anointing to rest so long upon an unwilling vessel before he finds a vessel that may not be as shiny, may not be as good looking, it may not be as perfect, may not even make sense to use that vessel, but it's a willing vessel that's willing to walk in the anointing because the vessel understands the greater purpose of why it was created. I feel that it's my job, not as a pastor, but just as a child of God to understand that there comes a time when ignoring a problem and hiding from a situation will not get the job done. I believe in giving God the opportunity to work, in some, work some things out. I don't believe in knee-jerk reactions. I think we get ourselves in trouble when we just go into knee-jerk mode and, and start trying to fix things that sometimes only God can fix. And I like to give God the opportunity to take care of certain things that take place. But there does come a point in time where as children of God, we've got to take matters into our own hands so that God can move through us for the salvation of others. There are times when we come to church and we're tired. And I get that. Boy, do I get that. When we feel overwhelmed and there's more things on our to-do list than we have time in the day. And I believe that possibly that's what the Bible is talking about in the last days. The days will be shortened. I don't know if it's actual less than 24 hours, but there's so much to get done that 24 hours simply just isn't enough anymore. So many responsibilities, so many things that are vying for your time and your energies. And, and, and sometimes we do good just to hold our own family together and then, then we have somebody else that, that, that needs something and, and you start being stretched into the point where you just don't know how you're going to accomplish everything and it's in that moment when you need to just stop and just give it to God say God here I am but I'm not running away from this I'm going to take this fight on I'm going to stand here. And if I'm the only one in church that's worshiping, then I will worship by myself. 
If I'm the only one, amen, that's praying with the lost, and I'll pray with the lost until that little girl Wednesday night got the Holy Ghost. And I think there may have been a couple more. We just haven't confirmed them yet. But I'm telling you one thing. I haven't seen that in a long time where we finally had to just say, honey, your mom and dad's going to get really ticked off at us if we don't get you home for long. She just stood here and spoke in tongues for probably 45 minutes, and I watched her speak in tongues as the Holy Ghost gave her the evidence. Amen. What a beautiful thing that is. She's worth fighting for, my friend. She's worth staying in the fight. These people that walk in that are hurting and broken, you in your brokenness and your pain and in your battle, you are worth me staying in this fight for. I'll fight for you when nobody else does. Amen. I'll stand for you when nobody else does. Amen. If there's times when you're down and you're broken, I promise you this, I'll stand up and fight your giant with you because I refuse to not get in this fight. I refuse to back down and be taunted by an enemy that is just waiting for a child of God to stand up and take his head off and declare the victory is won in Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Your victory is one step away. This is the battlefield right here. The giant is calling your name. Will you step out today and raise your hands and say, I'm here. I'm taking this on. I'm not backing down. I'm going to fight this battle. And when it's over with, I'm going to be victorious. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.